Welcome to a special edition of the Integration Scoop series presented by SAP and the Let's Talk Data podcast, where we explore game-changing technology and strategies with leading experts with the goal of achieving innovation through the integration of business applications and processes. If you haven't done so already, please follow or subscribe to our podcast on your favorite channel to stay tuned in. To hear more, please visit the Integration Scoop website in the show notes. And I lead our marketing strategy for SAP's iPaaS solution, known as SAP Integration Suite. And today I'm thrilled to have Sherry Lava from IDC with me to talk about my favorite topic, integration, and specifically how integration delivers strategic business value. For those of you that do not know Sherry, she is the director, research director of automation within the AI and automation group at IDC. And her research covers, includes the fast changing automation, API management and a integration markets. Thanks Again? so much, I'm really great to see you. So Sherry, you're no stranger to integration and the automation space. So please share with us what you have seen in the integration market and why companies are investing heavily, more so every day, every time I read about integration, why they're investing in our integration solutions or any integration solutions. And specifically, the recent report you published talks about why modern integration is the bedrock for delivering better business value. So enlighten us. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's start by looking at the numbers. In 2022, we had yet another record-breaking year. The integration market, including API management solutions to often bundled in with integration platforms, reached $8.5 billion US. And that was pretty astounding. But it's actually on track to go to almost $18 billion by 2027. And so there is a lot of growth in this market and a lot of interest. So to the first point, yes, there is definitely big momentum around integration products, and that's expected to continue over the next five years. But in 2022, we moved from being dom predominantly on-premise to being predominantly cloud-delivered for integration solutions. So then, you know, the next question that you asked me is what's driving this growth? What's going on, right? Why is this mm -hmm. so important? And, and I think a big part of it, you know, is, is thinking through what does it mean to be a digital business? Because becoming a digital business starts with, and going back to your bedrock question, starts with actually having your data driving the organization. And you can't have your data driving decisions, driving investments in the organization. You can't really be a digital business, a data-driven business, if your systems are disparate, siloed, and disconnected. That doesn't work anymore, right? Not at the speed of, of today's business. And so not only do you need that for things like better decision-making and, and better customer solutions and better service offerings, but you also need it if you're gonna get the organization on the same page. If everyone, if we're gonna spend time doing something about the data and less time arguing about who has the right data. If you want to do process automation, you can do that without having everything connected, but it's a lot less resilient than when it's connected properly through integration. So that connectivity side is, is really 
part of how you you build that that strong foundation that you're going to build the rest of what you want to do on top of and you know that even in things like ai which we'll we can talk more about as we kind of go through it you if you want have goals in your organization about adopting more artificial intelligence you need to have your data house in order you can't get around that because otherwise you're going to be using an ai solution that isn't up to date or contextually aware um, which risks the customer experience instead of benefiting it so i think those are really kind of why we say bedrock right no i i completely agree with you sherry over the years you know, we're definitely seeing our customers use integration and it's not just a connectivity tool, not just talk about it from a middleware perspective, but they really tie it to what are they trying to do? What are, you know, are they trying to digitize their business? Are, you, are they trying to remove those manual processes? And then they start looking at certain metrics such as, you know, number of days saved in terms of automating and being able to do e-signatures versus, traditionally uploading documents and then having someone print it out and manually sign off. So it's really exciting for us at SAP as well because we do see that. It's it's tying that together and, and understanding how important integration is versus just, oh, great, it's middleware. Let's, let's yeah. get that in place and let's see how many people we can get to actually develop integration flows, right? So, yeah. so very, I mean, it's very exciting. <laughs> Yeah. And so along with that, right, we see that there is definitely a lot of interest, not just from the data that you're presenting to us, but, you know, just the customer stories, the interactions we've had with our customers. But we also hear about roadblocks to success, right? It is not always easy for them to implement integration um, because it does require having different organizations work together, align, not just IT, within IT, but it's with the business and, and making sure that they reach those end goals. Um, we hear, you know, roadblocks such as having resources with the right skills or too many implement integration solutions for different various needs, some on premise, some in the cloud, right? Um, but those are, a lot of those are just more like product and technical challenges. Share yeah. with us what you are seeing from a business perspective and what what makes it hard for many of our these organizations to implement integration platforms. Yeah, I think it's a good point. There are definitely some usual suspects, right? And you talked about some of the technical ones. When you start thinking about some of the business challenges though, um, you know, there's some things like it's a different way for developers to work than they might be used to. So there's there's obviously some change management behind that. There've been technical concerns with product suitability in the past. Some of the low code tools in the early days were not necessarily delivering in a way that customers thought they would deliver. And so there was complexity challenge around that. But honestly, a lot of those are getting resolved over time, particularly with some of the innovations that are coming into play. And yet there's still a few barriers, right? And I think a lot of what it comes down to, honestly, is really knowing what success looks like and defining success in the same way across the organization, mm -hmm. right? You know, we used to talk a lot about faster development and, and in the early days of iPaaS, yeah, that was, it was a game changer. And so everyone was talking about how much faster you can go. But now that's kind of, I don't want to say low bar, but kind of table stakes, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of, yeah. everyone understands you get that. 
so what then? What? Why is this important? Why? Why is this market still growing in the way that it is? And I think you know what it comes down to is that organizations sometimes really struggle to translate these really technical things, right? Like uh, lower code point and click solutions or or developing faster, and really articulating in a in a way that makes sense to align a business user what that really gets them, what's in it for them. That's the change management aspect of it. Um, and in fact, several research studies I've done over the last two years have shown that finding a way for line of business users to really kind of understand how to evaluate the effectiveness of these tools comes up like as a, as a top challenge over and over again, right? We struggle, we struggle. And this, this has come up every year that we run this study. So I think what that tells us is that while there's definite technical benefits and definite business benefits, they're kind of getting lost in translation a little bit. And you know, I think one of the things that, that we've talked about before in the past is okay, so then what are they expecting, right? What are those business outcomes they're expecting, right? They're, and you can see here, lower operating costs greater efficiency were among the top two that organizations had most, most often. But then you get into this improved customer satisfaction and increased revenue, and that's a little more tangential for a lot of people. They can't necessarily understand how adopting an integration tool is leading to my customers happier and buying more from me. And so part right. of what we do, you know, we want to do is make sure that organizations can really are take that technical benefit, which is important, but say, and here's what it means to you in a way that makes right. sense anyway. Yeah, I know those are really, really strong and valid points, right? Um, and we see, you know, we, we are definitely seeing a lot more customers using integration, our integration suite product specifically for automation. And so some of those um, outcomes, which you have listed here, definitely. It's like, how do we become more efficient? The example I gave earlier, like how do I reduce the number of days it takes to approve um, an order, right? Um, and, and so, and especially more relevant today, lowering operating operational costs. Like how do we do that? Yeah. Um, and you know, it's not just from an IT perspective because we hear customers say, "Hey, you know, we're reducing the number of integration solutions. We've got one platform that we're using, your, our solution that will um, consolidate and streamline all the integration needs and support all those integration needs. So even within IT." There's a cost savings there, but then beyond that, it's well. Then you know, how do you make sure that you're reducing, you know, human labor costs when you can automate some of them and then offer them the opportunity to do higher value task and and work work right? That's much more meaningful and impactful. So anyway, but yeah, this is. I mean, these are. This is really, really important, right? And we definitely see more customers using integration for systems level automation and do more from an enterprise automation perspective with some of the other low-code process automation, AI solutions. Yeah. And you know, the research you recently published also talks about this new world of low-code and how there must be new ways to measure success. Can you elaborate yeah. a little bit more on that? Why, how do you tie low-code to integration and, you know, and business value? Like, yeah. You know, I'm still getting yeah. in my head wrapped around all that too. So I'm sure our audience is going to understand that too. So like, you know, low code tools have been, you know, gaining 
in popularity. A lot of organizations adopted them. I talked a little bit off the top how the, in the early days, they weren't always necessarily able to handle the higher complexity use cases, but that's changing pretty quickly as more, uh, more suppliers like you integrate AI into your integration solutions, right? Generative AI has the promise to be able to really supercharge low-code tools how they how they exist today. And what that means is that traditional metric that you know wasn't a perfect yardstick, but we used to evaluate developers on how much code they could write, right? And and it was okay as a measure for new development, but it kind of missed where developers spend a lot of their time, which is rewriting integrations or updating integration, those sorts of things. That's a really output driven metric, the lines of code written. And in a generative world, if you're still measuring productivity and efficiency based on, on that, then you're kind of, you're more concerned with going fast than going well. And you want to kind of do both and that you don't have to sacrifice one for the other anymore. So low code tools that now have this point and click and or, or generated integration, this metric is even less relevant than it ever was. And so now it has to be this focus on, on business outcomes, right? How is the business value that's being delivered by this low code tool? Well, we're getting more integration done and that's letting us offer more services. Well, we have more people capable of doing integration because some of the medium complexity use cases can be used by more junior developers, whether they sit in business or in line of business IT or whether they sit somewhere else, right? Uh, in IT mm -hmm. itself. So there's this, this integration that struggled to gain legs with low code tools in the same way, but with the first sort of generation of low code tools, but that's pretty quickly changing. So then that takes me to, um, let's talk about some of those business outcomes and objectives. And can you share yeah. what that looks like in some examples so our audience is able then yeah. trying to, you know, um, talk about how to map the IT to the actual business challenges? Love to. So what, what I did was I took these business outcomes mm -hmm. and what I thought would be handy is to kind of almost create like a translation table. <laughs> for all the yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Lowering operating costs, which was the top one. What does this mean? Yeah. Well, from a technical benefit, you know, there's obviously benefits to the IT budget, you know, the integration is managed more, but from a business value perspective, which is where I'm going to spend more time talking, quite frankly, there's less inefficiency and in iteration, you know, less back and forth when we're trying to create integration, lower IT chargeback, greater margins, therefore more net revenue. That's one of the, you know, those benefits the other one is, you know, one we know more about from an integration perspective, less manual reentry, less data correction, because we're all kind of working with the same data set. But that, you know, also translates into a reduction in business risks. We're not making decisions on flawed or inaccurate or unreconciled data anymore, right? That's stale or incomplete. So I think that's one where when you when you hear well we want to lower operating costs it's kind of interesting because all of that is kind of an it is part of that that doesn't always get kind of beyond the the word on the page if you will the greater efficiency another great example right you have 
Okay, what does that mean? Well, we have less integration sprawl, we have fewer hand-coded connections, and we're relying less on batch, which was keeping us always a day or, or hours behind. We have faster integration being developed by more types of developers. Okay, great, but from a business perspective, that means that we're finally getting to that 360 degree view of the customer. That's making it possible um, to offer those improved customer experiences with confidence, right? And doing so with scale and then having the right data to make the right decision at the right time. And that's like, if you're thinking about someone who's working with the customer, if they understand where that customer is at, that, that situational and context awareness I was talking about, they know whether to offer a discount to get that customer and whether it's from a lifetime value of the customer, that makes sense, right? But you can't do that if you don't have the right data in front of you, right? And then obviously the other business value behind that features and capabilities that support the customers and business partners, new revenue opportunities. So all of that is, is this detail behind two words, greater efficiency. And, and you know, the paper goes into these in more depth, but there's there's right. other examples as well with improved customer satisfaction and increasing revenue and faster cycle times, which um, the short version is we're providing a way here for people to understand how this actually comes back to business value and how people who are talking about integration in the organization need to kind of flip the script a little bit and talk about it from this perspective versus we can develop faster, which is important, but not everything. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I know that um, whenever I've been on a call with an airline or a customer, some customer service agent, I can tell if their systems aren't integrated because how can you not have this information about me? I just spent this much money with you or like, I just- The hardest part about being in this business. Right? Yes, yes. You, like, you need to improve your uh, the integration between your different applications, right? So anyway, yeah. yeah, I think this is really helpful for I think audience to understand how do you tie those benefits to, you know, what's the business value and helping their business stakeholders understand that, right? How critical integration is. So yeah. I kind of want to go back to this topic of automation mm -hmm. for for a few minutes because I think you know at the end of the day everyone talks about how do you improve your business process? I know even within our own marketing group, we're always talking about how do we improve how we do marketing? How do we make sure that our audience understands that we know what they're interested in, right? So it's about automation. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Can you share what you are seeing with integration as a key role in these initiatives? I mean, we, like I mentioned earlier, we see customers talking about systems level integration and connecting these two applications together, passing that data on. What do you see when it comes to what you've seen with integration for automation and then what you're seeing into the future and maybe future as in like in the next year or so? <laughs> I think it's, it's interesting, right? Because it comes back to that bedrock discussion. I think connecting systems is, is a key goal right that that's definitely important but part of what you why you do that right is because ideally your your organization is starting to think more holistically about automation right um not just connecting things but also uh flowing processes and automating those processes which you need the data to do you can, you won't be successful you won't get very far and do it well without connectivity kind of underpinning all of that 
Um, and historically, automation has meant really different things to different business units. And a lot of it was very contextual. Where some people meant like workflow engines, and other people it meant, you know, integration and all sorts of things. But what customers tell us is they're they're kind of sick of tools that don't play well together. That they're trying to have a more centralized automation strategy with different components being the enabling part of automation. And, and obviously, you know, integration is, is that bedrock piece that you start with. Because this idea of having islands of automation and automation technologies that don't work well together, customers don't have time for that anymore. And so, um, and a lot of these tools are a bit past their due date anyway, so to speak. So. I think if you're going to think more holistically about inter integration or automation going forward, you better make sure your integration stack is is strong and ready to support that. Right. Yeah, and I think one thing that sometimes organizations forget is that, well, or they have to deal with this challenge of, you know, you've got your business partners that you have to integrate these processes with, right? Yeah. It's not just your those end-to-end -end processes or your own yeah. organization but it's with your business partners, your suppliers, and your customers. Yeah. So how do you maintain walls, that? Right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? These virtual four walls. So anyway, I know we're running out of time, but any other trends that you're seeing out there today that you would like to share with the audience today? Yeah, I think we've touched on a bit, but I think, you know, if we ha if we don't mention AI, I think it would, it would be a little bit odd, especially in this day and age, but I think there's some realistic things to be thinking about in terms of the role between AI and integration. And, and it's like a bi-directional relationship, right? AI is increasingly being infused into integration solutions and that's helping, you know, as I said, supercharge low code tools and help with uh, error detection before things get released and all kinds of great capabilities like that. And I'm sure more are, well, I know more are being developed every day. But then the other side of it too, and we touched on this briefly is, you know, a lot of organizations are making investments in AI, um, you know, and even just the number that are allocating budget to AI in the last six months has increased dramatically. Um, and lots of different kinds of AI, not just generative, but also predictive AI and interpretive AI. Um, yes. But the nexus of all of that, you know, is an organization trying to deliver a digital service to a customer. And if you're going to put AI in that process chain and it's not able to look across multiple systems in the way a human can, um, and it doesn't have the connectivity, you're putting yourself in a situation where AI uh, may not have as much information as your employer, your customer, when trying to serve your customer. And I personally don't think we want anyone in that situation or, or it ends up giving something that should be an innovation to the customer ends up being a detractor. So right. I guess the, the parting message is, if you are thinking about investing in AI, but you haven't solved for your integration challenges, make sure that you don't, don't try and jump that because you'll end up in a, in a painful place. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please check out the show notes for additional links to information and please subscribe or follow to join us on the next episode of The Integration Scoop presented by SAP.